Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inspired by the massive use of new technologies, which intersect with psychopharmacology for therapeutic purposes, Algorithm Bliss takes a look into how humanity and technology intersect and examines the unintended consequences of applications and innovations that come out with the best of intentions, but don't turn out that way. Algorithm Bliss explores the blurry line of morality when you're dealing with something like this in a way that is a slow-burn psychological thriller. And we are joined today by the co-directors of Algorithm Bliss, and that would be Dina Heisel-Cornejo, as well as Isaac Borg. To both of you, Dina and uh, Isaac, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, As I said in the introduction, this is a film that is very much a slow burn kind of approach to storytelling where we get an opportunity to really get to know the characters, relationships, a, a bit of a backstory we see at the beginning of the film. And so it develops, the film develops and, and becomes multi-layered as we go through this, uh, uh, through the viewing of the film. I should start with uh, Isaac, to, because you co-authored this script with uh, Golan Ramras. Tell me a little bit about where the story came from. Well, the story came from, uh, actually, I had read not read, but talked to someone who was uh, knew about an experiment they were designing at the University of Washington where they're able to uh, put people a mile away and through hooking up to electrodes on their on a helmet, they're able to get people to tra- transfer that thought and take an action. And it's a simple thought, it was just to, you know, pick one of these boxes. The person would think of the box and the other person would a mile away would touch the box. Did that pretty well describe it, Dina? Yeah. And so then the idea sort of came from there with, without where you could be able to transfer emotions that way. Then, Dina, where did you come into the project? Borg and I have been creative collaborators for years. Um, we, we write together often. Um, we, we write together on projects, that, that kind of thing. So I... I came in beating out with both Borg and Golan. Um, At the time, I was finishing in the edit bay on a previous film that I had directed. So Borg and and Golan sat down and and wrote it. But we we all sat together and kind of beat out what this idea was and how you take something that is happening in the real world, take it and put it into a, a context that is visual and you can play with these concepts of how does technology affect people and change their worldview as they move down the line of working with it, which I think Borg and I are always incredibly interested in are the, uh, are the unintended outcomes of things that start out being good. You did a great job of explaining it. And also what you're describing, I didn't know about. I didn't realize that this is already happening. That's one of the interesting things about the world we live in. There are all kinds of advancements in technology and how they are 
becoming more and more a part of our physical being that uh, that are uh, you know fascinating and I think that that's one of the areas that we're exploring in this film absolutely you know and I think it's really interesting like at this point you're talking about a world where there are multiple applications that use biofeedback technologies to help people control their own emotions um, and this just takes that and pushes it a step further you know that this idea of what if we could expand that technology that that is you know apps like headspace and calm are teaching people how to manipulate their own their own biofeedbacks what if you could do that from the outside instead yeah and i i don't want to push our conversation too far outside the bounds of what we're talking about with uh, Algorithm Bliss, but there's the uh, well-known technologist uh, philosopher uh, Kurzweil, who talks about the singularity people essentially at some point down the line technology will merge with our, our physical being and will become something of a hybrid and this feels like that's sort of in that same vein of of, of of what he's been talking about for a, for a long while, so it is in that. Well, way. and he and he's the one that's been kind of translating that into technologies that um, are helping with education, and uh, you know, taking that and transferring it into like the emotional realm to me is is incredibly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a little more about the backstory of of. Uh, Algorithm Bliss. Um, uh, either one of you want to take that ball and run with it, so we have a little more details to f- the outline of the story. Dana, you want to take that? So you know, in Algorithm Bliss, we meet Vic, who's played by Sean Ferris, who we could not be happier with. So we meet Vic, who is, I think, like a lot of people, he feels like he's got a bigger purpose in the world than what he's being allowed to do in his current position and he begins experiments outside of what he's currently doing in order to try to create something that will affect the world in a very positive way unfortunately that then gets away from him and he has to find the line of when is the good that is happening in the world outweighed by the bad you have to do in order to continue that flow? And, and that, that's really that line we wanted to explore is when does good become bad? Where is that balance? Right. And then he's working with Henry and, and, and the two of them. Uh, make, I mean, it's they're they're buddies. They're they're pushing one another to do certain things. Uh, although I would have to say that Henry's much more uh, circumspect about the things that are going on, and he seems to be the one who's trying to put the brakes on it. But we also see that Vic, at the very very beginning of the film, there's something that is going on. We're not. It doesn't really become clear as to what he is doing until later on in the in the film. So I think if you watch Algorithm Bliss, you should sort of keep that in your mind if, as you're watching. There are things that will be revealed later on, but uh, it, it, it makes for a good hook in the film. Vic is a really engaging guy, a, a guy that you really, uh, and a character as well, but and also Sean Ferris does a great job of being 
being a lot of things in this film, a lot of different sides to mm-hmm. this particular character, but mm-hmm. a really good way to a, a really good way to get us into the film because he's a very likable guy. Oh, I'm, I think that was really important to us when we were casting the film is that you have to believe that Vic absolutely believes what he's doing is good, even as things start to go very, very wrong. You have to believe that what that what he believes is that he is making the world better. Um, and it's it's a difficult line for an actor to walk to do things that kind of on the outside objectively are damaging, but internally have that life of, I am making the world a better place. And that is the only reason I would do something that it it seems morally questionable. And so when we were, when we were talking to actors about this role, when we found Sean, we were, we were thrilled because he's got, just a natural engagement that allows you to believe he believes that he could do, that he could change the world. Um, and so we were, we were really thrilled with him. Yeah. And I, that character profile is something that is correlates to the real world. Oftentimes people who are innovative very intel- intuitively intelligent, seem to be creating things. I mean, I, I'm not making the same exact correlation between somebody like uh, Elon Musk or uh, or Steve Jobs, but these are people that are driven, and and oftentimes they are not the most socially compatible people in that process, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it feels like Vic is in this. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, well, talk about the other the the rest of the cast. Well, Sarah Romer, who's terrific. I really like her a lot in this film. Uh, I thought she, yeah, she's she's a wonderful foil for Vic and for mm-hmm. for the story. James Sato, uh, as I mentioned, and then Seth Kirshner plays Henry. There's just a lot of really good, talented people in the film. And tell me a little bit about the process of bringing these people. Have you worked with some of them before? Or was this all a new cast for you? Do we work with any? We work with just. No, we didn't work with any before. Okay. Well, go ahead, Dina. Um, uh, what, what? I was, I was going to say, the, the only people that we worked before were uh, were people in some of the smaller roles. Our leads aren't people we had worked with before. Yeah. Um, what was really nice, and one of the things that's so nice about doing independent film is that we were given a lot of freedom to pick the people that we really felt like embodied the role best. One of the things that's a great about working in independent film is that we don't have a 16-level bureaucracy to go through in order to get an actor approved for the movie. It's a very small group of people and and a group of people that trust Borg and I. Um, So we're able to really go out and find the people that we feel like best embody the role and we had an amazing casting director Russell Vost who puts just his heart and soul into everything he casts who really went deep finding us people that matched these characters and that and that wanted to come out and play in this film yeah it really comes across uh, what, what, first of all, I want to remind our listeners that we're uh, talking about the film 
Algorithm Bliss, and we're speaking with the co-directors. That would be that would be Dina Heisel Cornejo as well as Isaac Borg, the co-directors. Also, Isaac co-wrote the script. It sounds like Dina, you were involved, but to the co-wrote credit with with along with Golan mm-hmm. Ram Ramraz. And um, I, for people who are interested in checking this out, it is being released. Uh, through the production company or the uh, distributor Green Apple, uh, how how would the best place for people to find out? And it's coming out coming out on June second, so it's coming out. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Is so that- and it'll be on all di- digital distribution platforms. So it'll be on iTunes, um, Amazon, um, uh, I believe Vudu, uh, all of your VODs. Um, it's coming out. And just sort of a, a business question for you. I've, I've had this conversation with a few filmmakers of late. And given the fact that there are no one's going to the theaters because we can't. And so there is this sort of <laughs> there, there's sort of a, uh, a flattening of the distribution um, opportunities now in, in the sense that in some ways, a smaller budgeted film like yours has an opportunity to compete more on a more of an even footing with the bigger players based on the fact that people, when they go online, they're just seeing, they're seeing their opportunities they're seeing that the options available to them. Have you found that to be the case now that there's sort of a, a, a little, a little bit more of an even playing field in the distribution of your films? I mean, I think so. You look what's happening as far as uh, as far as people being hungry for uh, for new product. I mean, even if you look at what's happening with the Wretched, which you know came out in a couple of drive-ins and is now the top box office earner because it's the only new thing in the drive-ins, as well as be which then fueled its VOD, and that's a very small film that is getting massive play in a way it wouldn't have or potentially wouldn't have because of what's happening in distribution right now. I mean, it's interesting because it's everything's a VOD title at the moment. Right. That's that. That's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I've had this come up in conversations recently that uh, it's, you know, it's horrible. The theaters have been so decimated and it, what does it do, you know, post covid to uh, people seeing films but for right now it has kind of leveled the playing field for people with uh, who wouldn't have a budget a promotional budget like some of the obviously like some of the bigger films would so it's uh we live in interesting times <laughs> to say the least yep. especially if you're an artist especially if you're a filmmaker especially if you're trying to get your project seen by as many people as possible i'm afraid we have run out of time I want to let people know that Algorithm Bliss is available, as you just said, on a number of different platforms coming out on June 2nd, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe is a Tuesday. So Tuesday, June 2nd. And to be looking for it. And you also have, you're on Facebook, Algorithm Bliss at Facebook. You have a Twitter account, Algorithm Bliss. And uh, anything else that other ways that people could reach out? That about it? I think that's, you know, those are the major ways to, to reach out, but just we're really excited to bring the film out. And we, we love mm-hmm. talking to people who have seen the movie and, and talking about 
how we, you know, how we did particular things in it, that kind of thing. Right. So we're both available. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and just in closing, I'll say that you've got a lot out of the, the, the locations. You've got a lot out of your dollar value, if you will. I know it probably wasn't a huge budget film, but you've got great cast, got a good look, you've got, you've got, there's tension in it. There's a lot of a lot of things to think about in terms of just what some of the things we've been talking about. So, congratulations on it. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Again, the film is Algorithm Bliss, and we've been talking to the co-directors Dina Heisel, Cornejo, and Isak Borg. To both of you, have a good day. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Radio.